this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how you doing? Well, Dave, let me tell you. Uh, it's it's been a rough week. Uh, you know, outside of the football shit, uh, the the fall sports are done for the for the kids. Um, I've got nothing to occupy my time, so um, obviously Spurs make me pissed off. Um, We'll get into that, but like everything else, it seemed like like it started off like Wednesday morning, like a black cat ran out in front of me, right? Literally, a black cat, like a from a, from a farm, ran out in front of my car across the road, and then did it make it all the way across the road, or did oh, you? Oh, it made it all the way across the road, and I said, "God damn it, this is not good." And I don't believe in jinxes and luck and all that kind of shit. I think you know you make your own luck, whatever. Um. <clears throat> There are happenstances in life. That's it. Um, but throughout that day, everything just like snowballed and it got worse and worse and worse. And everything just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And then fucking Saturday, uh, Sunday happened. Saturday was an okay day. It was it was fine. You know, hung out with the family. Did a, did a few family things. Went pumpkin picking and uh, got to go to Lawson's uh, Finest Liquids which we'll also talk about later. Um, you know, so that was a good day, but I got home and I li- I was just sick. And it's not like we drank a bunch of beers. Like I had two beers and then we drove home. You know, we had some food and beers and drove home. I was sick. I had a headache, like terrible migraine. I had to go to bed early. Sunday, got up, felt like a million bucks. Went down to Goodwater to watch the match with our friends at Green Mountain Spurs. That fucking game sucked. Today, shit day at work. Nothing has gone right to me for me. I'm getting on. I'm trying to get onto the interstate. And Steve, you probably know this area. Trying to get onto 89 right there by coming out of where the hospital is on 89 North. And God damn it, if some 900 year old mummy didn't pull out in front of me going 18 miles an hour, and then I'm trying to get into the to the right lane and. She's creeping up on me, and she's got her back wheel on the front of my car about. Jesus. So I honk my horn, and she, this woman is, I'm not kidding you, 90 years old, flipped me off. <laughs> so while I'm trying to merge into the into that right lane to get onto the interstate, cars are coming off of the interstate into, into South Burlington, and sure enough, a guy behind me doesn't know the zipper rule. You know? Car yep. comes off the interstate. You let him go, you get in, and then the car behind you coming off the interstate. Instead, this guy decides he's going to he's gonna just speed right up. And he is so close to me that I can't see the front end of his car. I was very, very close to having a Steve-style meltdown. And I almost slammed on my brakes just so I could get a lawsuit. <laughs> because, God damn it. That's just the bag of dicks that my entire week was. <laughs> it was a giant dick sandwich. That's all it was. <laughs> wow, we so, got we got multiple yeah, pod upbeat. names already. I'm I'm usually upbeat and like ready to go for this, but I'm I'm in a mood, man. Oh, listeners, good luck. We're, <laughs> we are tapping a keg right now, Mike. I think you might be the first human being in history to ever be flicked off by a ninety year old woman. I, I can't say that that's ever been recorded anywhere. She, like it was my fault that she was driving directly. Like she wasn't even just, she wasn't driving into me. She was kind of fading into me slowly, like yep. fading into the other lane because I don't know the the vehicle she was driving was too big for her. She was driving like, what's the, not the bigger Toyota from the Lat Rav Four? Like a Land Cruiser? <laughs> the old guy, <laughs> the Forerunner, the Forerunner. <laughs> Mike, oh I got to I got to interject for a moment. Um, just thinking about people doing stupid things. Uh, my wife and I traveled 
this weekend and I was also traveling for, for work earlier in the week. I've been, I've been on planes way more than I want to lately. It's no fun. When I was younger, I used to think flying was fun. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and obnoxious. And I wish that just didn't exist anymore. But that said on this particular flight this weekend, we were on Southwest and um, I didn't get checked in as early as I wanted to. So we had like the crappy, like late B boarding position, which, which means you're fighting for, you know, an open seat in the back of the plane, basically. So, you know, that part where you like where the plane lands, everybody gets excited, like something's going to happen. The plane gets to the gate. Everybody gets excited, like something's going to happen. But, you know, you just have to sit there for another 20 minutes because it's going to take that long for the for the plane to clear out. I'm telling you this. We landed. Uh, this is landed in Chicago on Friday night. And this this old couple, probably in their late 70s, early 80s just starts bum rushing the front of the plane, right? Like it stopped and everybody's just moving and these guys tried to try to get up there. It's like, where are you going? And then uh, and then they realized that they didn't grab their baggage. They weren't fully prepared for the uh, for the lurch to the front that they did. So yeah, that was a a failed ending to a, a miserable trip overall. You know, that's a that's a that's an old person power move though. Right? Dude, like, it happens it happens on my shuttle bus to work. <laughs> Every single day, like there's an old lady and she does it every single day. She's not an old lady, but she's an older lady. Like she should have retired, but didn't. As soon as the bus stops, she's bum rushing the front. (laughs) The thing is, there's plenty of seats up front she could sit in, but she chooses to sit in the back. Because she's obviously afraid of COVID. So she sits in the back where nobody else is. But as soon as that bus stops, she's like right to the front. Because the COVID can't get to the back? Is that is that why? That's apparently true. I mean. I get that science. I understand. I think she's trying to separate herself from, you know, <laughs> the rest of us slobs. From your respiratory droplets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I wear a mask well, on the bus. I don't know. Don't blame you. Don't blame you. Steve, Mike and I have been going on and on. How are you doing? I am in what I would describe as a state of rage and not because of this isn't getting any better. It's not getting any better. We are, we are going downhill quickly. No, but in my defense, this is something that literally happened maybe 10 minutes before I hopped on with you guys. So I'm, you know, we just had dinner. I'm sitting uh, in my chair, reading a book, um, you know, kind of enjoying the, um, you know, the evening before I hop on with you guys, when my neighbor comes to the door, sends the dog off, he's barking, you know, whatever. Natalie gets up and uh, goes to to check to see what's going on. She comes in, she's like, oh, he's looking for you. And I'm thinking, why the hell does he want me? Um, you know, I don't interact with the dude at all, except for waving at him, you know, when I see him on occasion outside. Um so a little background, my neighbor is running uh, for office and he's just not somebody that I want representing me. Um, you know, when you live next to somebody and you kind of see how they behave in their own home situation, you just get a feeling, you know what, I, I don't think that person deserves to represent me at, at, in the state office. Um, so you guys remember I had that, uh, whole issue with childcare a couple weeks back, right? Well, I went on, we've got, for those of you listening, we have this community forum, uh, it's called front porch forum. It's basically this email newsletter thing where people can write posts and, you know, share information, discussions, things that they're selling, all sorts of stuff. Um, so I posted about my childcare issues, uh, on front porch forum and I put this, this just general ask out for anybody running for office to tell me what they plan to do to address this issue. And immediately this one guy, Mike McCarthy, he responds to, to my post. He talks about all the things that he's doing about how he's working with the, uh, you know, people within the childcare industry to try to make it better for, uh, you know, working families in Vermont. I thought, oh, yeah, great. I really like what you wrote. Thank you so much for that. Um, And I waited a few weeks. Not a single other person responded. Not my neighbor, not any other Democrat, Republican, progressive. Nobody else responded. Um, So I made a follow-up post where I said, you know, I'm going to vote for Mike because Mike took the time to address my issues when I was feeling 
you know, like the whole state was letting me down because of how absurd childcare is, right? Um, and that was just a couple of days ago. I put that out in the world, whatever, no big deal. Well, my neighbor shows up today uh, threatening me because he said that I'm a liar, that I didn't ask him for his thoughts at all. And because I endorsed Mike in my endorsement, it implied that I had asked him specifically for his thoughts and didn't get any, but I'd never actually specifically reached out to him. And he demanded that I put an apology in um, to let people know that I was unfair to him and that I shouldn't have done what I did. So I was a little late hopping on today because I left probably the most passive aggressive apology I could have where I did admit, look, you know, I didn't reach out to Joe. I didn't reach out to Mike. I didn't reach out to anybody. You know, the fact that Mike responded, it was completely unprompted. He did that all by himself. He was the one who saw that I was reaching out with a problem and took it upon himself to address my concern like somebody that I would want representing myself. Uh, Joe didn't do that. Instead, he decided that he would still not respond to that post, by the way. He still hasn't posted anything about his childcare plan. Uh, he just thought that I needed to put an apology out because I was unfair to him. Um, and I ended my apology with, uh, and Joe, if you would like to share your childcare thoughts in this public forum, please do so. Uh, I'm sure we'd all love to compare both sets of uh, plans and make an informed decision. And I did that deliberately because I've watched the debate between the two of them. I've seen both of them, you know, interact uh, on this campaign trail, if you will, for a small fucking town in Vermont. Mike has his shit together. He has his plans. He knows what he's going to do. All Joe wants to do is go after him for his, you know, political affiliation. That's that's it. So, you know, there's your apology, buddy. Uh, have fun with that. Uh, I'm still going to ask you to fucking post something about childcare. Uh, and then I'm going to go back and confirm my endorsement when your plan is garbage because you are a despicable human being. Wow, Steve. Um, I want to apologize to Joe too. And you know, I want to apologize to Joe. I want to apologize, Joe. I'm sorry that you think that being a politician means that when somebody does something that you don't like, they're going to say, sorry, because guess what, buddy, the job you're trying to get, nobody gives a shit what you think. Um, and everyone's going to think you're an idiot. Every decision you make, you're guaranteed to at least tick off 50% of the people that you represent. So oh, sorry, you, sorry, not sorry. You're getting into the wrong business, homie. Um, so yeah, I hope you're, I hope your guy you want to support actually wins, Steve. That stinks. Yeah. That's I mean, story. he's, he's the incumbent. He's got it. Um, pretty well this if this guy's only running because he doesn't think anybody likes him because it's it's that classic you know democrat versus republican he thinks that because there's a lot of republicans in his social circle that he's going to win because um you know nobody likes mike when in reality there are plenty of people who like him he's doing a good job um and he engages with the community so i mean what more do you want <laughs> i wonder if that's an episode title nobody likes mike mike what do you think about that Would that be a good episode title uh yeah probably <laughs> if we keep going I like on, mike if we keep going on the path we're going on wait a minute are you talking about mike malloy no mike mccarthy oh mccarthy mccarthy wasn't he the coach for the packers for a while i don't know who's uh yeah. holy crap it was and now he's living in st Albans. imagine <laughs> running for office did you I, I can't believe have i can't believe i can't believe that you didn't turn like the conservative Republican rhetoric around on him and call him a Karen or a snowflake. That would have been funny. Now I figured the best way to reinforce my position would be to humbly apologize while in the same breath showing just <laughs> why Mike is the person for the job. Okay. All right. And you know what, Joe, if you are a listener to our very exclusive podcast, which I doubt he is, um, just knowing what I know about him. Uh, but if you do manage to listen to this one, I've just got a little little thing to share with you. I don't care if you let me use your driveway. I really don't. It's not that big of a deal. If you really want to threaten me over it, I'll just go on the other side of my house when I need to use the backyard. Like that's it. It's not a big deal. I've got two ways in. <laughs> it is I'm not sorry. yet Festivus, and it's already the airing of grievances. <laughs> they are being aired. 
Fucking <laughs> <laughs> prick. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, anyway, shall we talk football? Yeah, sure. That's what we're here for, right? Let's let Steve go with Wednesday because uh, uh, just, yeah. Steve, why don't you kick us off? You see what I did there? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Kick us off, Steve. Wednesday. All right, yeah, I'll take Wednesday. You know, you can talk Newcastle, Mike. Um, I I have to imagine that a lot of our thoughts are going to overlap in some ways. Um, So last week when we all got together, I said that anything less than four points over these two games is a failure. And frankly, the fact that we got zero points from those two games is just absolutely abysmal. Um, And it's nothing that I really blame Conte for. I just want to start with that. I don't blame Conte for how either of those games went uh, for a couple of reasons. First, when you look at who we have available for rotation, I'm not terribly uh, impressed by some of these options, right? Like we've had fans clamoring for this three, five, two for ages. Great. We're playing it. It's not working. All right. It worked in the second half of one game this season. It doesn't seem to be uh, the answer to our problems, but we're kind of forced into it because we don't have Decky. We don't have Richarlison. Lucas is coming back from injury and frankly has never been all that threatening in front of goal. Hill is in this weird space where maybe he could do something. He has certainly shown flashes uh, of offering something to uh, the attacking section of our team. But clearly, he's not in a position where Conte thinks he deserves to start or he deserves uh, to come in off the bench. The problem that we have is that our midfield duo of Bentenker and Hoiberg are just fucking exhausted. I mean, in that United game, they were both like running themselves ragged, Hoybeard more so. Bentenker, for whatever reason, seems to have like this endless tap of energy where he can just dive into it at any point in the game and just start sprinting. That dude is a machine. Um, Hoybeard, you know, we know what Hoybeard can do. We, I, I'm not blaming Hoybeard at all. He's clearly uh, exhausted himself to the point of picking up a, a minor knock from playing so much. The problem that I have in midfield is Basuma, who seems like as soon as things aren't going his way, the confidence is shot and he starts going back to let's play this as safely as possible uh, while also being completely unaware of what Conte's tactics are supposed to be. That part is frustrating for me because the way that that midfield is set up with Basuma kind of in that holding position, which is supposed to allow Benton Kern Hoybjerg more freedom. He's turning into a liability, putting more pressure on our defense, not providing an outlet or an option. And then Benton Kern and Hoybjerg have to drop back a bit to compensate for that. And then there's nobody to progress the ball forward. Um, so I am, I am off of the Basuma experiment right now. I understand why Conte didn't want to play him uh, for the first 10 matches of the season. I get it completely. It's It makes perfect sense. He's just not at the level that we need him to be to do what Conte needs us to do. Um, the other big issue I have right now, and I'm going to pick on him again, Son. I don't know what's going on with Sun right now, but when he's not firing, we're fucked. I mean, Kane is still lighting it up. He's still got the goals coming, but that's it. Like without Decky uh, fit, without Richarlison as an option, with Gill being somebody who isn't trusted, Sun needs to do something to bring this dynamism to the attacking threat that Spurs should have, uh, you know, especially coming off the back of a golden boot season. But he's done fuck all with it. I mean, he's picking the wrong options. He's not making the passes. He's taking some brilliant opportunities and squandering them. I I don't know what's going on with Sun, but you know, I I'm firmly of the belief that he needs either a rest or to move back onto the bench. I mean, we saw what the bench did to him against Leicester. That ignited something. We thought we were getting Sun back. It hasn't happened. I think another spell on the bench should be warranted if we had an option, right? We are 
without options at this point. Um, and that's something that we hopefully will address in January. But uh, against United, I mean, we we should have at least gotten a point from that game. Um, but nobody played particularly well. Dyer looked well, Dyer. Um, you know, I I I can't really think other than Benton Kerr, I can't think of anybody. Oh, Hugo in the United game um was just fucking phenomenal but other than hugo benton is the only one that i would say is like above a five out of ten from from that game um and therein lies the problem right our holes are glaringly obvious we thought having that full preseason would have done something um but it doesn't look like we're quite there yet and for me it's on the players it's not on conte you know, Conte has tried two different systems. We don't have the players to really get through either of them um, at the moments. You know, it's nice to see Skippy coming back from injury and getting some minutes, but I'll let Mike talk about that. Um, but otherwise, I mean, we we need reinforcements and some of these guys just need to fucking move on. Uh, you know, sorry, Lucas, you know, thank you for Amsterdam, but you know, we need to replace you with somebody who can offer a threat going forward. Um, Basuma, I think you're going to be on the bench, you know, as soon as we can get back to that 3-4-3, you're gone, uh, especially with what, you know, we saw from Skippy, but getting ahead of myself there. Um, yeah, United Games sucks. I can't believe Hugo single-handedly kept us from utter embarrassment. Um, and Benton Core is just a fucking machine, and I love him, and I miss Decky. Those are my Steve, thoughts, Steve. That uh, you gave us a beautiful segue to talk about Sunday, Mike Hugo. Um, Wednesday lights out, Sunday lights weren't even turned on, in my opinion. What, what did you see? What do you think about Hugo? Why does he do this to us? I, I, I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I haven't quite figured it out. Um, uh, and you're gonna, you're gonna get probably back on me about this, but. This is what I was talking about before is like the lack of the lack of options. Um, you know, it, it's just the fact that like Hugo's there. Uh, we haven't given the club any other options outside of Fraser Forrester, Gallini and fucking Joe Hart. Right. Uh, Gallini is not up to any kind of. uh he's not up to to any kind of a, a premier uh, premier league uh team you know small p um premier league team in any country he's just not up to playing and starting for a team that that is supposed to contend um and he is miles and miles and miles away from probably our academy players you know it it goes back to the same shit I was bitching about before is that we've done nothing, nothing to improve our goal, goalkeeping situation. So Hugo has a good game, you know, and sure. I mean, shot stopping wise, he has a good game. The guy still can't distribute the ball. Um, can you imagine a goalkeeper who can't kick? Like, I don't, I, I, just, I can, I can. Yeah, yeah, you can. Other people can't though. Um, he's declining at a rate that is kind of insane because, you know, even in baseball, Rich Hill has a good game every once in a while. He's 40, he's 43 years old or whatever he is. But, you know, in, in soccer years, that's probably 35, 36 years old. Uh, and I know that keepers tend to mature at an older age, but Spurs are doing themselves no favors by, keeping this can being kicked down the road with their keepers. Hugo was absolutely terribly atrocious. What the fuck was he even doing out there? There was no reason for him to be there. Sure, Dyer might have gotten beat. He needs to be back in, in his goal. He can't be out in front of the fucking box. I mean, and then and then... I, I don't know how he didn't get a yellow card for that amazing, amazing flop. I mean, he got hit, and then like a second and a half later, falls down backwards, like you know, 
like he was just shot from a by a sniper. I mean, it was it was embarrassing to watch the entire situation. The 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 back three. I don't know how many times we've seen Sanchez and Emerson, but it doesn't work. That side, it doesn't work. Neither one of them are up to the task. Emerson looked good at points. He had a couple of nice spots where he was good in that game against Newcastle. But when you have three guys in the back that don't know how to to play out of the back, play out of uh, a press, any kind of a press, um, in in Newcastle, it, it, you know, you know, Eddie Howe is going to be going to have those guys well drilled. You know, and they're going to be well drilled. They're going to be relentless on the ball and going after the ball. It's just the whole game's kind of stunk. And part, I, I wonder if part of the problem is that Conte is trying to prove a point. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not out to get on Conte because I don't think it's his fault. I think it's a it's a getting back to that shitty culture in the in the club. Trying to we have to find better options outside of the guys we have. Um but you know maybe a th- maybe three five two wasn't the system to run this week this weekend. Maybe have being able to slide into a three five two is a good a good option, you know. We we know that the three four three works. It was working. Um, the other thing is that we've held a lot of possession in the past few games, and I don't know that Conte's system is built to hold possession the way we have. Um, when we're holding possession, it, the the defense pushes up um, and can't get back and defend. Um, Basuma. Basuma was an absolute tragedy of a player out there against Man U. I didn't think he was terribly, terribly bad, but he didn't really offer much against Newcastle. Um, I think with Basuma, honestly, Steve, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on your theories or whatever that he's not up to it, but I think that I think that the this system that he's playing in, it's going to take time with him. I think he's a really good player. I really do. I really think he passes the ball well. Um, but I don't know if you saw any of those heat maps, but from, um, one match, you know, you know, last year with Brighton versus, versus a a match this year, but he doesn't have the freedom to move around that he used to have. So he's kind of stuck in one area where he has to be the holding midfielder. So those two guys, I think he's more athletic than Hoiberg, um, but he doesn't have the passing ability and the ability on the ball uh, that Bentinker has, um, or the motor that Bentinker has. So maybe he's not the guy for the center of those of that three. I don't know. Um, the, the game just the the game felt. I wasn't really ever. I didn't. I didn't feel like. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Really ever in the game. Uh, it, it was all boneheaded mistakes on our on our part. It's guys who aren't mentally fit to continue playing, and it's because Dyer hasn't missed a minute all season. Dyer hasn't had um hasn't had two partners that have been consistent enough to 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 get along and 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 work on work in this system. Um, that said, we all clamored for that for that rotation too, right? We need some rotation. Need some rotation. Did the rotation work? I don't know. I liked Skip out there. Skip looked good. He was himself at points, um, but at other points, you can still see there's he's very rusty. Um, it was suggested that Perisic would have been a good replacement at halftime, and I disagreed vehemently. And in fact, I said out loud to this one gentleman. That is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. Because at that point, we didn't need anybody who is not good on the ball, is not good with ball progression, who is not good one-on-one defending. Because 
we were getting smoked on that side. You know, um, Sessegnon got smoked on that goal, right? Um, he got smoked, and then Longley got smoked too. Like, uh, he, um, he went through two defenders. Uh, it, it, it's just, I, I don't understand the how, how you put think that you put Perisic in in that spot right there sure the guy can cross the ball sure the guy can kick some corner kicks but he's not he's not on corner kicks sauna's on corner kicks so honestly i don't know what the options were there they didn't come ready to play you know i i i hate having a bitch like this ever you know every so often but again the wheels aren't fucking falling off we lost two games you know? Yeah, Mike, I was just thinking about that. We've got Champions League Sporting this week, Marseille next week. We've got Bournemouth at the, on the weekend. Um, we all know how this we, – we, we've been on this train before, right? We know that we win two out of those three games, and these other two games we just had are completely in the rearview mirror, and nobody's talking about it anymore. I, I, I've led myself to wonder if there's any truth to the – the hypotheses that Conte is truly just trying to man manage to get to the world cup to try to limit injury as much as possible, which has been hard to come by, but um, to just try to manage that and manage some of his players uh, fitness levels, although we're starting to see guys break down, but it just, it, it feels like Conte is not getting too worked up, which leads me to believe that, all right, I'm not going to get too worked up either. Um, there, there's, there's a part of this that is also very familiar. Um, and we know what it looks like on the other side of the coin when things when things bounce our way. It, it, and then I think about, like, why is it that these guys sometimes just don't show up, you know? Because that happens, right? How can you go be a, a superstar on a Wednesday and a dud on a Sunday? Like, I don't get it. But I also know that when I go to work every day, generally there's not someone who's actively trying to make sure that I don't do my job very well. Um, and professional athletes do have that, right? Like they, they are up against someone who's trying to make sure that they suck on that, on that given day. And sometimes you just have a day, right? And sometimes I you think, have a good I, one, sometimes bad. I think, I think on the day, uh, I, I think Hugo just didn't trust his back three. Which is scary, you need, but it speaks you to need the it. Sanchez piece, right? It speaks to Dyer being tired, but man, Hugo can't be taking those chances. He's, he's, he's not young enough. He's not, he's not agile enough. There away be, from his line there might be two very good options um um coming up at the end of the season for us to have that keeper maybe that keeper of the future you know um jose saw is out there i know that he is still um he's still a little older he's 29 but he's got big game experience he's got um he's got the the experience in the premier league um he's never had a defense around him the way that the, the caliber of Spurs, which still isn't the best defense, but it's still there. Um, and the other is Melier too. Like I like both of those players and, you know, for what it's worth, it looks like leads right now. I mean, early on quarter of the way through the season or whatever it is, 30% of the season. Um, you know, those teams look like they're going down. So we might have two options for, for keepers. Um, depending on how, you know, how much money we can spend and how much money they're going to want. Because, you know, they're going to want premiums Very for, true. for a lot of their players. Very true. Steve, I've been watching you. You look like you may have had a realization while, while Mike was talking while I followed up. What do you got on your mind? I don't know if it's necessarily a realization, but I think I'm in the same camp as you, Dave, where... I just don't know that I am ready to get super riled up about it um, right now. It sucks, um, but, you know, it's not, I think you're right. It's nothing we haven't been through already. Um, and, you know, I, I think the the added benefit that we have right now is is Conte, right? We were at this this position with managers who we already knew have probably peaked um but with Conte I don't think we've quite peaked yet and I frankly I think he's right you know he's constantly said you know two or three transfer windows to really make the squad competitive 
right? Competitive being the operative word here, not, you know, clear head above water winners, um, but just, you know, genuinely competitive. And I don't think anybody can really knock that. I mean, you see the way that some of these guys are playing. It just, it's, it's true, right? I mean, I'm glad Perisic is on a short deal. You know, he was older and not somebody we really wanted to rely on for the long term. You know, Destiny down in Syria uh, does look like he's going to offer something uh, next season when we get him back. He's gonna be, so he's gonna be probably defender of the year down there too. Yeah, I mean, Depen- if depending you consider, on how they if they consider him as a wing, a back, defender, you know, yeah, a defender. I mean, if you consider what he's doing and what Sess is capable of on his day, then we've got some solid left wing back options. Who do we have in, on the right side? Right, Emerson's eh, Doherty's getting up there in age too. He's not going to be able to perform at a high level for that much longer, especially if Conte sticks around and continues to utilize him in that way. You got to get somebody in there at the very least to upgrade on in my opinion, Emerson more than Doherty right now, but realistically, you're going to need two people uh, to take both of those spots. You're going to need somebody else in midfield, uh, somebody else. And for the sake of midfield, I'm including Lucas because frankly, he kind of fits in that sort of half position where it's either, yeah, he's an attacker, but he's also expected to do some midfield work sometimes. And while he's not a central midfielder, eh, I don't know, it's a little, a bit of a gray area. So, you know, Lucas, I think he's, his time's done. Like I said, he's probably got to move on. What Uh, do we have to do though to, I mean, is, is is there going to be a situation where like with the three, five, two that we, we complain and complain and complain and bitch and bitch and bitch. Uh, to the point where they that you know Conte says okay I'll fucking put Spence in there we'll give yeah because that, that's sixty what minutes do. six we'll give him sixty minutes and then when it fails he's gonna say see I fucking told you right I mean wh- how how long is it gonna take to get to a point where he plays a guy like Jed Spence because fans are fucking clamoring for it like he did or or how long is it gonna take how long is it gonna take for fans to just trust Conte and realize if he's not playing somebody well that's there's a reason that's the difference I think between Jose and Conte yeah you know Jose would play the the sort of meme formation and the meme players just to say see I told you it doesn't work Conte doesn't give a shit about what the fans think to be honest Conte is going to do that a little bit with the three five two but I mean well I think he was mostly kind of forced into that through injury and fatigue yeah no decky no no lucas he his his options were yeah. restrained well, for sure he's still dead so, with richarlison available i just i true I, we, true, and true no and we did like it and we did like it we just i i don't know that on the on the day it worked that one day and we loved it right and then so it worked and then we trotted it out again but I think it worked because the you know the opposition wasn't expecting it at the time. That's and, always helpful. And now they're able to expect it, and you know if they're expecting that we're going to stick with a three-five-two, they're going to be able to game plan for it because they know the injuries we have. You know, I, I wish we could be like Belichickian, you know, and just say <laughs> everybody's a, everybody's questionable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll let you know who's available in, you know, an hour before game time. Speaking of questionable, Steve, there's a question on my mind, but I'd like to let you do the asking. You okay with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, if it's the question that I'm thinking of, at least, uh, hey, Mike, and I'm, I'm, I sincerely mean this from the bottom of my heart because I really need a way to escape the shit storm of a beginning of a week that we've had. So please, please, please enlighten us. What are you drinking? I like when you ask that, Steve. Um, well, for today's offering, uh, I did mention that on Saturday, mostly a wonderful day uh, until I had to go to bed at 7.30 p.m. Uh uh, we went to Lawson's Finest Liquids, and uh, this place is 
um, it's it's in um, an area of Vermont that it's it's kind of remote, but not really. It's it's it, it's tough to get to, but when you get there, like there's lots of stuff there. You know, um, it's it's like a little ski town. Um, it's not like a Vale or you know a big ski resort town, but it is a it's a nice little town, uh, Winsfield, Vermont. Um, they got some great stuff there. Um, sits kind of in the Mad River Valley. Um, they got the Mad Taco, which is great, great food. Um, found Canteen Canteen Creamies, uh, and let me tell you, probably the best uh, soft serve ice cream I've ever had in my goddamn life. It was outrageous. Um, nice so. job of, uh, referring to it as soft serve ice cream for our listeners who would know it is that I'm, I'm appreciative of that, Mike. Yeah, no, no problem, Dave. Uh, well done for, for our regional listeners. They, we, we do know that it, the correct name is a creamy. As much as much as it sounds weird and gross, Dave, I get it. Regionally, you are correct. Yes, yes, indeed. Just like everything down south is a Coke if it's a soda. Regionally, that is also correct. Yes, and regionally, <laughs> your hot dogs suck in Chicago. And by the way, it's a pop, not a soda. But that's a whole different conversation. Got you, got you. See, you see that, Steve? You didn't realize that I called this hot dogs shit. I, I I caught it, but you know, eventually you just block these things out. <laughs> He's, he. <laughs> I had He's one over the weekend, Mike. Mike, I had, I had, I had a Chicago dog with everything. It was out, freaking standing. Just so you know, beef, I'm sure. Yep, from yeah. Portillo's, the place um, to be. Perfect. Um, I hope to go there someday. Celery salt. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I got, we went to peppers. Lawson's. <laughs> we went to Lawson's, and um, I love this place. I've always loved this place. Uh, when, when they built a new brewery, it became um, a staple. Uh, year at least once a year trip for us. Um, my wife had this beer that we're gonna taste today. I did not because I told her I wanted to save it for the podcast because uh, she said, "Ooh, you're gonna like this." Uh, it's an amber ale. Um, amber ales sit somewhere between like a a brown ale and a and a red. Um, very, they're typically very malty. Um. They're dark, they're heavy. Um, they play well as just like a typical kind of um, craft beer. Like when people say ale, this is what they think of amber ale. This is called Mad River Maple. Mm. Um, and it is a maple beer. Uh, I think we just did a maple beer uh, that I wasn't too high on. Um, of course, it was made in Massachusetts, and they're not the maple people. I, I expect this being Lawson's. I've never had a bad beer from Lawson's. Um, I expect this being Lawson's to be very good, uh, very well made. Um, and being that we're Vermonters, uh, that they treated the maple properly. So I do have my uh, nice little mug here pour that in there let's get the sound effects going here Ooh, that was a good one today oh it pours nice it doesn't have like an over an overwhelmingly sweet smell like that last beer had like you could smell the maple that was a brown ale though right i believe we named that one burnt sugar didn't we yeah because it tasted like burnt sugar instead of yeah fucking there you go maple syrup uh, this beer is amber. Would you say? I would. Like you're asking like the, the wrong person. No, it's like the it's amber, like the color. It's like of the, like, uh, like an old Killian's back in the day. That's a red ale, but sure. Amber, red, same difference. Um, I gotta take a picture of this for the kids here. Not the kids, but the you know friends. The adults, the twenty-one and up crowd in the U.S. Yeah, we we say the yeah, it's for the kids. You know, we do everything for the children. Oh, somebody, please think of the children. So let's get into this. This looks good. Oh shit! <laughs> it smells good. Uh, it smells sweet. Mm. 
I'm curious. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, <clears throat> Steve! You, I hope you have your, uh, I hope you have your score in. Um, Not yet. Not yet. Whew. I'm going to do one more sip because because I th- I'm trying to throw Steve off here. I think in uh, well, geez, I've got me second guessing myself. I really like this beer. Like a lot. It tastes like you're drinking maple syrup. <laughs> like fizzy maple syrup. I don't know how they do it because every time I've made beer with like maple syrup in it, it, it gets it gets like it's either way too heavy or you don't taste it at all. <clears throat> this doesn't just have like a, a hint of maple syrup or a taste like a, on the back end of it. It like hits you up front, and then as you're drinking it, you get that tasty. I'm sure you've actually like just tasted maple syrup before outside of it tastes like you're drinking a maple candy. Mm. You know those kind of soft dissolvable maple candies that you get? Sure. That's what it tastes like. Mike, I want to let you know Steve and I have uh once again landed on the same prediction. Ooh, so yeah. this is this is a big deal if if you hit it. I've I honestly um I've never had a bad beer from Lawson's and again, hit the nose right on the head or hit the nose on the head. Sure. <laughs> hit the if nail you say on the so, head. Mike. Hit the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> right see, on the nose. Right on the nose. Uh, so this beer, uh, I don't even know. It doesn't have, AB, does it have ABV on it? It does, 8%. Um, it's made with 100% pure maple syrup. Uh, smooth Smooth palate and pleasing mouthfeel with a sweet finish, slightly sweet finish. I think it's over, over, over sweet than slightly sweet. Uh, this beer for me is a 4.1. Oh, so close. We both went high. 4.3 was the prediction. Mm. But hey, that's a solid, solid 4.1 for on the mic scale. Yeah, yeah, speaks, yeah. Speaks volumes. You have a uh, you got a beer advocate review on it? Is our, is our boy I old? I didn't uh, actually look. I didn't actually look. What about a More, song? You got a song for us? Oh, uh, yeah, easy. Uh, Moonlight in Vermont. Uh, the Neil Young version. Neil Young. Okay, all right. Steve, I feel like he had that one ready to go before he even drank it. Don't you? Possibly, but yeah, it was. Just, it came came too so easily. Here's the deal. I love that song. Uh, I saw. Um, I saw Neil Young perform it at the Champlain Valley Fair here um, with uh, The Promise of the Real, which is Lucas Nelson's band. Um, so it was like Lucas Nelson and The Promise of the Real fronted by Neil Young. And uh, Lucas Nelson, for all of you who don't know, is um, is the guy I named my son after. Um, he's also Willie Nelson's son. Um I did not name my son after Lucas Mora, as many people might think. Um, and I wanted, right. to spell, I wanted to spell my son's name L-U-K-A-S, and my wife wouldn't have it. Um, so, but it, Lucas Nelson was the reason that um, I named my son Lucas. Uh, I, he's probably one of the best guitar players of our generation um, right now, and I'll stand by that and I'll fight anybody who tries to deny that. Um on top of the hey. fact that he sounds just like his dad. It's wild. Hey, Mike, I, I, I think I heard my neighbor trying to deny that. Just uh, throwing that out there. Well, yeah, he's probably a climate denier and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and an election denier and all that shit. I'm, I'm sure he is. Hey, Steve, how about Playground Mike getting in fights over who's the best guitar player, right? These, these are like <laughs> recess arguments. Back in those no. days, I probably would have said Slash. <laughs> Slash. Slash is wild. All right, all right, all fair right. enough, fair enough. All right, good song, good rating, good beer. This has been Hey Mike, what you drinking? Well done, Mike. Thanks, that man. one was that one was easy. You you, you cranked that out. Well done. So now we move I, on. I, I I tend to think that like they go way 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 too long sometimes. <laughs> hey, we're just here for the party, man. You you get to drive that train. You know, we're just here for the party. That's a good episode title too. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter spurs when we're here for the party <laughs> there you go all right we might have our title speaking of joyous uh joyous things steve uh 
got any random ideas bouncing around in that brain of yours? Always, Dave. Always. Let's hear uh, him. Let's hear him. And we all know that each and every one of my ideas is as thoroughly researched and accurate as accurate can be. Uh, you don't need to fact check any of this. You can just take my word for it. So this week, I am going with the impression that Decky is being saved for a second half of the season secret weapon salvo against every team that we will face post-World Cup. We were under the impression that Decky was close to return, what, two games ago, three games ago, four games ago, something like that. Uh, and then he mysteriously picked up another knock, or maybe it's the same one, but it's worse, or there's just something really shady about this prolonged absence. Um, and it, it led me to look up some statistics, okay? So I actually researched some some stats, and I'm sure you'll all be shocked to know that when Decky plays for Spurs, we perform substantially better than we do without him. Mm-hmm. That is true stats. Uh, you can look it up. I'm sure any of our expected goals that gets backed up, expected assists, all the attacking stats look so much better with Decky on the field. So why keep him? We've got some important games coming up, right? We got sporting tomorrow. United was a, a really crucial game. And honestly, with the way the season's been going, Newcastle now in the top four, that should have been a, a good time to bring out some reinforcements. Yeah, we've kept him away. The only logical explanation is because he is getting some secret fitness training to make him an unstoppable Swedish machine so that when the World Cup's over and all these fucking players are coming back to their teams and they're all exhausted because they haven't had a break uh, and they're being run into the ground, Conte is going to flip that switch. He's going to unleash Decky, and Decky is going to single-handedly dismantle every single fucking team in the league for the rest of the season going forward without question. Decky isn't going to be World Cup bound. We know this. We've accepted this. It's fine. But all the more power to, to give him a little something extra, really put him through the paces, make sure that he can run fucking 180 minutes nonstop and still feel like he could run a, 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 a further you know 90 after that. We're preparing to make him the brute force attacker that we've been longing for these last few games and all Conte is doing is just damage control from now until then you know he's not going to worry about it we're going to get those results Dave you mentioned earlier you know maybe see it out to the World Cup and then uh you know really kick it up a notch in the second half well that notch I'm here to tell you Dave is Decky Decky is being sculpted into the secret weapon for Spurs that will guarantee us that top four finish Look what he did last January, right? It's it's all in the cards, Dave. It's all in the cards. I just got to know Steve, how to read them. Steve, it's because, and it's because he wasn't playing that much previous to January either. Ooh, exactly. So true. It was a fresh decky. Do you think that he's getting Swedish massage? I 100% do now. Uh, ipso facto deck is going to come back with a vengeance Uh, um yeah mike thoughts i i I, you know um as you know as crazy as they always are um again i steve you might be on to something um uh you know i i think we've played uh, what was it? Twelve games this season, uh, six times with Decky, six times without Decky, and uh, it is true that um, even on points uh, without Decky, we are we are substantially worse. Um, Dan Kulisewski is one of the top wingers in the world, um, and I think that it was one of those things that would just kind of happened. We just kind of, he kind of fell into our laps um, because of the fact that the guys that we are targeting at the time, we weren't, you know, 
we weren't hitting hitting on. So was he a last option? You know, was it like he he could have been a throw in with Benton Kerr? Who who knows? Because I don't. We don't know what they were actually Paradici and 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 Conte were looking for at the time. I think Dan Kuliszewski is a revelation. I think that that um, he represents the future of Spurs. We need to lock him up long term as soon as possible because of that stat that Steve, those stats that Steve has been talking about. A hundred percent agree. Um, and and honestly, all this talk about about you know Richarlison's going to come in and score a shitload of goals and. You know, uh, Son is going to find his form and this and that. I think, you know, when, once Richarlison comes back, you're going to see, you, you might even see him sliding in for Son on, on the left side because that's his given position. And Decky comes back. It spurs, once we get our injuries taken care of, once we get some rotation, some guys get some rest, I'm telling you, we're going to be firing on all cylinders. And the guy that's, that's that linchpin right there is... Dan Kulisowski, and I'm excited to see him come back because, you know, we need that ginger from Sweden. That you know, number twenty-one, man, bring bring him in as 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 quickly as we can without <clears throat> make without without re-injuring him permanently. You know what I really like, Mike, about your explanation. I and I agree with everything you said. I like how you you're saying Dan. Kulisevsky, but you're saying it quickly. So it almost sounded like you're saying Dan Kulisevsky, which made me think you were talking about like some Polish guy I grew up with, you know, just so <laughs> I, I just like, I like Dan Kulisevsky. I think that's a, that's a great, um, D- yeah, that's a, that's a great name. <laughs> uh, he's Macedonian though. I mean, fair, fair, but I'm just making the totally irresponsible, um, leap that every name that ends in ski like Steve's is naturally Polish as I opposed think to actually from anywhere that. else. We had that in season one of Wicked Spursy where we I think we were, did. We were we were uh picking on the North Macedonian team and every every guy on the team was last name was Ski. We were. And we were like, where is North Macedonia? Is there a South Macedonia? I still don't know the answer to that. We no, may never know just a, just a Macedonia. We're gonna have to have the research department get on that. <laughs> They're slacking this week, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? Slacking mightily, absolutely. All right. Hey boys, let's uh let's pivot. Steve thanks for your your comments not conspiracy in my mind you know the the beauty of a conspiracy is there's always a nugget of truth to it and i think you've uncovered a, a, a few solid nuggets um as as mike confirmed related to and, dan kulisevsky and not the not the type of nuggets that just don't flush down <laughs> you know fair fair those are good nuggets those were good nuggets. Steve, uh, what kind of closing thoughts you got? What are you thinking about as we wrap this one? You know, I'm just hoping that we can bounce back with a result or two over the next week. And, you know, like you said, Dave, really just, you know, kind of put these last two games behind us. If we can bounce back against Champions League, get a result tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever the fucker game is, uh, you know, I think I'll feel that much happier. But right now I'm just kind of, you know, in that funk, I think most Spurs fans are in where we're just wanting to go back to simpler times where we were winning games and looking mighty fine doing it, but uh, we'll see. Yep. We'll see how it Understood. goes. Well, Hey, we are playing uh, a MLS team from Kansas city this week, right? Uh, maybe something like that. Sporting, sporting uh, Kansas city. Isn't that who we're playing? Sporting Kansas city. <laughs> yeah. We can sure. be so lucky. <laughs> Mike, Mike, how about you? Closing thoughts. What are you thinking about? Uh, closing thoughts, uh, might be, might be a little bit longer than Steve's, but, um, I think, I think going forward, he's making up for the short, uh, drinking segment earlier, Steve, you, you <laughs> catch this, he, he set this up this way. He, this is planned a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so going forward, I, I think that, um, Prodigy starts, needs to start get, getting on, um, getting on the transfer train, looking for some players, that are going to make our team better for the, uh, for the upcoming rest of the season. Oh, Steve left Uh, upcoming rest (laughs) of the season. Bye. Um, For the upcoming rest of the season. Um, 
and that's going to need to be a uh, a right wing back, and it's going to need to be, uh, in in my opinion, if we're going to continue down this road with uh, being able to switch back and forth between the three four three and three five two, or just stick with the three five two, um, then we're going to need um, an attacking midfielder, you know. Um, and from what I'm seeing, like James Madison is still the guy. We got to get him <laughs> now before Lester somehow. <laughs> Brendan Rodgers and his and 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 his because uh, the guy he still he looks like a vampire from a bad vampire movie. <laughs> um, I did I did see him smile this weekend, which is the first time I've ever seen him smile. But um, or a Bond villain maybe. But um, before that that team somehow gets hot, um, we we need to continue to look at an attacking midfielder and James Madison is the guy uh, continues to impress, go out and buy that guy, pay for him. Um, and I just, I just want that. I just want Spurs to, to start getting that in their brain that the transfer window is coming up and it's going to happen really fast. We're getting into November real quick here. And before you know it, January will be here. Um, we need to be on the front foot coming out of coming out of the holiday and World Cup season. So um, I'd like to see us. I'd like to see a little bit of ITK. That's not, oh, Conte needs to go. Pochettino's waiting in the wings because you know, Pochettino just got looked over for another job. Um, he sure did. That he was linked to. That he was linked to. I don't know if he got looked over. I think maybe he's – Hoping still that he doesn't need the money, but he's probably just hoping that Spurs come knocking at some point. Maybe. Uh, who knows what the rumors are about him, but he did get <laughs> looked over for another world-class coach in Unai Emery. Um, so, you know, it happened It happened with Conte. It happened with Emery. <laughs> uh, Poch can't, can't catch a break, to be honest. I don't think Poch was ever coming here. I don't think Poch was really ever going to Villa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't even know that he's looking for a job right now. Maybe he just wants to relax for a little bit. Um, so Pochettino's not coming here. Son's not going to fucking Real Madrid. Harry Kane's not going to fucking Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to fucking pump the brakes, but at the same time, start looking at some fun ITK stuff. Don't get overly crazy about it, but... We know that James Madison is the guy if we need an attacking midfielder. That dude is a supreme talent. Um, he's younger, uh, and I think he would improve our midfield um, and 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 help us moving forward uh, through this season. But until then, you know, we got sporting, which, yeah, that was a bad loss last time. That was a tough one to take. Um, we could have taken a point out of that. And been a lot more comfortable than we are uh, as it is. We need to at least win one of these next two. At least, I, I think we probably have to win these next two to win the win the win the group. Um, we're gonna need to at least win and draw to get out of the group. So, um, you know, we got a couple of tough games. Um, one at home, one away, um, and then we got Bournemouth in the league. So, is Bournemouth right? Yeah. yeah, Bournemouth next weekend or, or this coming weekend. Yeah, that should be easily winnable with a ro- even with a rotated squad. I think that should be an easily winnable game with a squad that we put out there the other day. So, um, I'm not too worried. It did, Good. It, it 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 did suck. This this whole week sucked. Yeah, it did, and it sucked personally. Uh, we get over shit, you know, in our lives. We'll get over a couple of Spurs losses. We've seen it before. It's, it's been way true. worse. It's been way worse. I do want to point out it, it, we're recording on the 24th of October and you just officially opened ITK season. So I just want to, I want to let that um, be stated for the record. I did. I did temper it though. Right. I mean, I you, did, you did temper it, but we all know what that means. It, it's going to go balls out within a month. No question. You know, in December, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be on that shit. I'll be looking You're gonna at football, be, football.london every day. You're going to be living and dying by your boy Fab Romano, just uh, just giving updates. I can't help it. He's handsome. I mean, he's <laughs> handsome. I, I still have a hard time with his uh, with his Twitch, his, his Twitch feed, but, like, 
It's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's literally watching a dude on his couch checking his phone for like hours. That's what he yeah. does. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Hey, listeners, this has been Wicked Spursy. We appreciate you. Steve had to bail. So um, it's just Mike and I. And Mike, going to let you close out with what Steve would say right now. Uh, guys, uh, and Steve's neighbor, don't be an asshole. It's specifically Steve's neighbor. Absolutely. And Mike, what would you have to say right now? Uh, quiz, 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 quiz. And uh, be safe, everyone. <laughs>